0: The Talking Point on SAFM, weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. It is eight minutes after 10 a.m. Good morning. Thank you so much for staying with us if you've been with us. Thank you so much for joining us if you've just tuned in. My name is Oliver Dixon. This is The Talking Point. Really appreciate your time. It's an honor and a pleasure to be in your company. In this hour, we're going to have a very important conversation, a series of conversation around the state of people with disabilities in South Africa. I don't know if you remember, um, about a month ago, I mentioned that we were looking to have a conversation around uh, what university campuses are doing uh, to make their campuses um, easily accessible, or at least just at minimum accessible uh, to people with living with disabilities, various disabilities, right? And uh, what I don't want us to do in particular is to, um, is to categorize and lump all disabilities together into one basket, as though it's the same and requires the same intervention, when really it's not. There are differences, minute or significant, and it's important that we delineate them all and speak uh, to each on its own merits. Um, and in particular, I don't even recall a very important call we had uh, from one of our listeners on the open line a couple of weeks ago. His name is Arnold uh, from Akon. He raised a very important conversation, a, a very important issue the lack of state care and intervention uh, in the lives of people with disabilities. For instance, when we were commemorating World Disability Awareness Week, uh, there was nothing. It was just lip service. There was no big campaign. There was no uh, big rallies. There was no big, um, you know, state-sponsored awareness advertisements about it. There was nothing. Whereas he contrasted it and said, well, but when it's uh, 16 days of activism or when it's Women's Month or Women's Day, you see a lot more visibility from the stage and you see a lot of those resources dedicated to it. When it's Freedom Day, for instance, you see institutions like the media and in particular the SABC throw all its resources behind Freedom Day and make that a national and big issue. But it's when it's Disability Awareness Day, when it's Disability Awareness Week, you don't see that level of visibility. Um, and he criti- uh, criticized that, And he's right. And in in particular, I want us to have, as we have all of these conversations over the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months, I want us to all ask this question to ourselves. Why is it that when we think about legislature, when we think about policy, when we think about institutions, corporate or or even state institutions, why is it that um, disabilities are an afterthought? Why is it that the people... With disabilities are an afterthought to the design and configuration of the program, policy, legislature, or institution, or even the physical building thereof. Right? And 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 how do we how do we change that? And here's here's the truth to it. The truth to it is that much like a, uh, uh, Arnold said, we're all implicated in it. And I'd like for you to be a part of this conversation. Give us a call 086-000-2032. My guest for this conversation conversation is Arnold uh, Matebula who called us from Uh He's a regular caller. He lives with uh, dis- he lives with a disability, uh, visual impairment and Magic Nquashu, who's a human rights activist for people with disabilities and you can be a part of this conversation. I'm taking your voice notes as well Zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Do you perhaps live with a disability? What are your reflections? What are your frustrations? Uh, importantly and perhaps you, I want to offer solutions, big or small, to how we go about solving the array of issues that we will be outlining. Give us a call. We'd really love to speak to you on this. Arnold, good morning. Thank you so much. Welcome to the show.
1: Morning, Oliver, and morning to the listeners. And thank you for giving a summary. Um, yeah. yeah. Quite a nice way of summarizing how I feel, Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you made it quite clear when you called, so I'm really just paraphrasing what you had said. Uh, Magic. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Good morning, Oliver, and to the listeners as well as to Arnold. Mm.
0: Let's start here, Arnold. We, you and I spoke about when you called about a number of issues. We then specifically spoke about. I, I, I brought up the the the. Uh, court victory on copyrights amendment for people with uh, disabilities, specifically visual impairment, who depend on braille literature to be able to read and write. Uh, And we spoke about how just expensive that was, and you raised other issues uh, that are accompanied with uh, being a visually impaired person. Maybe let's start here. Describe to us what your day-to-day life is like as a person living with visual impairment. I
1: think one of the nicest story about it is that um, when I wake up in the morning each day, a radio becomes the first thing for me to find communication. But rather than a, a radio, um, study needs to become my second way of living because of I, as a person with disability, should regard then education as a means for me to can change my life or my family background. Right now I'm not working, I, I might say so.
0: Yeah.
1: And when I sit down and begin to put together puzzles of where challenge is with regards to persons with disabilities and blind people being employed, I normally put it back to two things. Lack of, our, um, lack of awareness and the education that we receive as persons with disabilities. I, I, I can give you one, one nice example. Magic comes from Sanis in, 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 in Kowankowo. I went to school in the Tava Special School. I can tell you this, Oliver. Go to any area in the country when there are special schools communities around that special schools enjoy seeing with persons with disabilities and they understand them better why because they are very much aware of their capabilities and even when it comes to assistance or interactions they would not respond to you negatively because of your disability You can share the same opinion, the same vision, and the same opportunities because of the length to understand you. But where there are no special schools, that's where a a challenge comes. Nice example, which I gave your producer two weeks back. A young lady who would give birth to a blind person or a person with albinism might be famous in the village, not because of she has given birth to a child, but then she has given birth to a person with disability. And that becomes the reason why the father of the child, the family and everyone might then use insults towards her. Then from a teenage life, she will grow up angry to this child with a disability to a point that this child would end up paying for the community not understanding disability and for the actions of the father. To concern is this, this child with a disability might grow up angry because of both parents would have neglected him him or her Mm. because of the society not understanding disability.
0: Give us a call 086-000-2032. So, Arnold, there are three three things that you've that you've outlined there. One is around job opportunities, one is around access to education, and one is around societal stigma. And and, and I wanted to go into each of them in turn. Talk to me about job opportunities. Are you finding it more difficult to access job opportunities? because of your visual impairment? Or have you been able to find such opportunities? You said you're not working at the moment. What has that experience been like?
1: Painful. And and, and I'll give you a nice example. Now, here's a company, internships, or any job opportunities, like anyone I will send my CV. Uh, Obviously, then, I I, I would attach my medical records. Once they see that, they will call me uh, and they will ask me to say, yes, you can see that you have attached your medical records, what's your nature of disability, then I'll tell them that I'm blind. Then they will say, are you totally blind? I'll say yes. Are you saying that you can't see anything? I will say yes. Then the next, they will say, okay, say, we'll call you back. Now, we all know they will never call you ever again. And, and and this I thought it was near. Own. Your own colleague Rolani once said in one of the interviews that when she applied for a post in the ACBC, she did, she did not attach her medical records. Because she she knew that she was not I mean she was not gonna get the post. So those are something that we're mostly doing. But even when we decide not to attach our records, once we arrive in the interviews Hmm. one person who no is more powerful in that room can decide not to ask any questions. They are not interested even in knowing eh, to say, since you're blind, what can you offer to the company? How are you going to be of assistance to this company? This person will literally keep quiet and let everyone ask you questions that are far away from what you, um, what you went to the interview to do. Then after that, and, and, and it's a thing. one person will just stand up and, and say, but then you can't see, how do you expect us to work? Or they would say, we don't have the resources which we can assist you. By the way, they don't even know as to whether I can bring my resources or whether I don't need any expensive resources. But my nature of being blind mm. becomes a reason.
0: Why I cannot be employed. Hmm. Can I pause you there? I want us to take a quick break and, 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 and stick on this issue of of, of of job opportunities and accessing the job market. Um, give us a call 086 000 2032. I'm taking your voice notes on 0614 104 107. Let's take a quick break. SAFM leading the conversation. Hashtag SAFM talking point. Give us a call, 86 2032 Magic, I want to bring you into the conversation here, specifically pertaining to jobs. Arnold's experience is not a unique one, um, as he mentions, um, that many people living with uh, visual impairment go through that experience around job opportunities. There is a department for people with disabilities. There's a Department of Labor and Employment. Is there a cross-conversation at a government level that you think speaks to that specific issue of accessing job opportunities?
1: Uh, uh, Oliver, it's quite a challenge. The employment of people with disabilities, there is still discrimination in the workplace, in both the public and the private sector. Remember, there was a target put of saying that uh, 2% of any workforce must be people with disabilities, and uh, that was increased to be 7%. But as we speak now, even at government level, I think they are even less than 1% in terms of employing people with disabilities. This is despite having the proper legislation in place from the Uh, Employment Equity Act, which is supported by the Code of Good Practice on employing people with disabilities, as well as the Technical Assistance Guideline on employing people with disabilities. So you find that employers are not willing to provide reasonable accommodation because for any type of disability, if an employer is able to interact with an individual with a disability, Uh, which the technical assistance guideline provide some guidelines on that, they are able to enable a person with a disability to function independently like any other um, employee. And Mm. uh, people with disabilities are very productive, but they are not given those opportunities. When they are employed, like Arnold is qualified, as he has indicated, you might find that uh, it's... um, minor jobs like being a receptionist especially for people who are blind that's where they want to put them because there is that stigma of saying they are able to 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 know numbers and they can transfer numbers to different extensions and all of them but if you put all the system in place reasonable accommodation a person with a disability who is visually impaired or any other disability can operate by like any other person.
0: Mm. You say reasonable accommodation. I want us to zone in on that for a second. What does that mean?
1: Reasonable accommodation means, for instance, in the case of Arnold, it might be using a laptop which can talk to him. You see, right. a, normal, a normal laptop, you just put a software which can talk to him as he types. It could be that you give him a brain uh, that he can use to operate. Um, For instance, for other disabilities, uh, it could be just uh, lowering a desk, simple things that can enable a person with a disability to function. But this, it's not a one size fit all. Um, An individual needs to be engaged by the employer because different uh, people even with the same disability they require different types of reasonable accommodation
0: yeah um on on, on the issues of of just like a laptop or, or or making sure that the right technology is available for them to do their work i want to read this text which which i got uh from somebody uh on on our whatsapp line uh chorus Mabulwana in pulukwane who says, did you know that mobile texting was initially designed for the deaf? Yes, look at how immense it has grown now, benefiting everyone equally. This is proof that when we design for disability, we all benefit. The next time you think of designing a product, think of the disabled. The able will definitely benefit naturally. A better world for everyone. And I thought that puts into, into, into great context um, when we think about how do we make our workplaces um, and and institutions, um, you know, accommodative and accessible in the sense that uh, people of all levels of abilities can be able to use and participate in the value chain. Onto Indeed. the issue, yeah. Onto the question of, of of education, you know, Arnold Arnold spoke quite a bit about um, you know special schools, um, but do you do you do you think that there are ways in which we are not aware of the difficulties and nuances that people with disabilities, and in this case very specifically visual impairment, have to go through just to access education, quality education.
1: Uh, you know, uh, Oliver, there is a White Paper 6 on inclusive education which has been counted for a long time uh, because as much as we've got uh, special schools there is a move of trying to mainstream uh, schools. Special schools need to work for some extreme disability. Like myself, Arnold was giving an example that uh, I went to the special school after that. I went to Philadelphia, um, uh, which is a special school. I don't know what I was going to do there. I could have easily continued in a mainstream school. That's where I started um as uh, uh, my primary school um the thing is if we look at our infrastructure and uh, everything else that is going on there is still a challenge there are still children uh, without disabilities that are learning under trees our teachers are not uh, really well educated i remember uh, reading somewhere that there is a school which has uh, uh, students who are there, I think they all failed because uh, the teachers are not well sensitized to teach them on sign, using sign language. And while we're talking about sign language, we know that it's about to become a 12th official language. So we, we're still having challenges of uh, implementation. Government is not putting enough resources. You talked about this Department of Women youth and uh, persons with disabilities that is a very useless department if you can notice how disability is mentioned last uh, there's hardly anything happening in that department the only thing they are waiting for is for the month of november which comes on the 3rd of november and uh, up to the 3rd of december to observe disability awareness month that's all And in observing that month, like Arnold was indicating, it's no longer done in a proper way. That's why, as a sector, we have agreed that we need to boycott such events that governments are actually uh, using. They are using them for wrong reasons, but not for empowering people with disabilities.
0: I want you to outline some of those reasons for me, but I want us to take a quick break before you do that. In what ways uh, is government... Uh, you know, using disability awareness opportunities and events for uh, the wrong reasons. Give us a call, 86 I'm also taking your voice notes in zero six one We're going to go to the headlines on the other side of this. London, Cape Town. I see you, Zola. I also see you will be coming to your calls. But it is 10.30 right now. Leanda Maume has your headlines. SAFM, leading the conversation. Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. 86 000 give us a call. There's a couple of voice notes I'll be coming to in a very short while, but let's go to the lines. there in Cape Town, good morning.
1: Oliver Dixon. Yes, sir, Can go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Um, I am somebody living with disability. It's a visual impairment, and I was diagnosed by an ophthalmologist with retinopathy. So with, with what? It's called by the ophthalmologist retinopathy. I
0: suppose retinopathy. Something okay. wrong
1: with my ret- Something wrong with my retina. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, I'm now obviously an all-age pension, but my point is one. So, do you once. mind if I if, if I ask how long ago were you diagnosed? Uh, this was 2015.
0: So you so you weren't uh, visually impaired all your life. It's something that's quite recent. I wasn't. I wasn't. Oh, okay.
1: In fact, in fact, before I got visual impairment, I did some pro- postgres studies at UWC, and I was stationed in 2015 at the Office of Students with Disabilities, <laughs> right? Okay. The UWC tried by all means to accommodate visual impairment and those that were completely blind. For instance, those that were completely blind were using braille. I was there, I saw it, I was part of it. And I was a member of DASA, Disability Association of South Africa. Anyway, for Arnold, I want him to liaise with Shobu in PE, because there's a guy there that, um, I don't know his age. He is completely blind, but he's productive as a worker, all right? He fixes their computers, I don't know how, right? Arnold can liaise with him. I understand that they are um, not computers, but computers and as well cell phones, which are suitable for people with disability. In insofar as visual impairment is concerned, yes. you know. Lastly, I want to find out if in Cape Town there's a place whereby those with visual impairment can go and have a look at our socially with, with work opportunities. The, the reason all, all I'm saying all this is because I was a senior student at UWC, right? Has passed one of my post studies with cum laude. I feel that I'm not being used in my resourcefulness. Although, as I said, I'm living with disability all expansion. I think I can be productive somewhere in the society. I think Oliver, I live it right live, live there.
0: Live. Thank you so much for that. I do appreciate it. Monday in Cape Town, let's speak to Zola in Bloomfontein. Zola, good morning. Uh,
2: good, morning. good morning. Good morning. Zola. Good morning, Zola. Good morning, uh, Oliver, I am also a uh, visually impaired. I worked for the company and I won't mention the name for 15 years. I was a labor law practitioner at the company. And me, for all these years, I never had a promotion. People came after me, promoted. My position was never upgraded. I fought, spoke to the CEO and everybody, including the unions. I was so frustrated up until last year, October, I then decided to take a retirement because of frustration. And the last thing is I had to make a way for my son. Mm. They took him under leadership. But there are employees whose sons or children were taken not under leadership who are still there. So I'm really frustrated. And I am still going to give that advice because I feel that I was... And lastly, I was disappointed by the state president by not mentioning anything in this sonar about people with disabilities. What kind of a country are we living in? What have we done to treat it like this? I don't say we need special treatment, but we need to treat it like citizens of this country. That is all, all right. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Murakolo and Pulukwane, good morning. Murakolo? Good, good morning. morning. Yes, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I just want to share with, with you, one of the most terrible things that is happening to the people, the differently abled people mm. in in You know what, what's happening in that sector? It's a state task to get memberships for differently abled people. Now, what I understand, and I, I got this from those who are doing the You'll find differently able people in le- in learnerships for up to ten years. And you know what is happening? What this what this placement agencies do when a, a differently able person is doing learnerships in an institution and the, the term comes to an end, there seems to be an agreement with the HR of that institution to say, don't absorb this one. Will or her another benefit, and, and and you know when you give leadership to a differently able people, the money, the stipend is supposed to be a bit higher because it, it includes assistive devices. Now, these people who are running these these teams do not give the assistive devices to to those differently able. In more. Can I can can, play,
0: can I can I pause you there, Morocola? I just want to ask you this. Why do you think that differently able people are kept in uh, jobs opportunities where they are perpetually in learnerships? Um, do you think it is just so that the institution can tick a box for uh, employment equity compliance matters?
1: Yes, and also it gives more money to the agency that placing a differently able person. It's like a sometimes when you are you are feeling to be accessing differently yeah. able people. So there are
0: real girls that You know, they. that. Ooh, sorry. We, we, we may have lost Morikola there. The network, the line is terrible. Ooh, we lost him. Arnold, uh, picking up from that, I want to bring you back here. You know, a friend told me this morning, in passing, uh, she said the problem is South Africa doesn't even have a dis- uh, Disability Act uh, that is all-encompassing. Um, and to this question on tick-boxing exercise for employment equity purposes, do you think that piece of legislation needs a relook so that people with disabilities are not kept perpetually in learnerships so that there's actually reflection of them throughout the organizational hierarchical structure through middle management, upper management, and, and into executive level? Do you think that should become an imperative of, of the employment equity legislature when it comes to job opportunities?
1: Now, Oliver, I I think we've got enough policies. You know, uh, we can design books and books and books of policies, but mm-hmm. the, we need to become a society that um, accepts each other for our differences. I I I I can do any work that anyone can do. I mean, why? why doesn't it shock anyone that someone in a wheelchair like a a de, a a deputy with a wheelchair can be able to cross countries one country to another using a small wheelchair it, just go back when Rolani was doing shift how people, how societies viewed blind people changed because of Rolani became the face of blind people. Mm. I, I mean, when the SABC then introduced deaf TV, we once saw a, a, a funeral where someone when they uh, did doji sign language, members of the society were the first to pick that up even if they did not understand the language because they enjoyed watching the channel while reading underneath on the tv while learning we need to become a society that actually accepts our differences and accommodate each other i, I mean i i i gave you one example of of a community where there's a special school those people don't have a policy on, on how to treat persons with disabilities. But then I can tell you, persons with disabilities enjoy being around Buluguan. Persons with disabilities enjoy being around Sili Special School, around Shilidini Special School. I mean, are, are around Litava Special School. Because of we know very well that when we meet a person, that particular person will treat us as an equal human being. And... and, and uh, and and as I move forward to an issue then of education, Oliver, just ask yourself. We've got 26 universities. We've got only um, less than 12 universities. We have disability centers. Yeah. We've got only six universities. Sorry, wait,
0: wait. Pause. Did you say only 12 us- universities in the country have disability centers? Yes. Are you serious?
1: And 100% serious.
0: My and, goodness. And can, we, can, we, can we just pause there? I want us to take a quick break and I, I want to circle back to that. 86 000 Give us a call. SMS SAFM now on 41391.
3: Hashtag SAFM talking point.
0: Um,
3: I'm Tabiling from First State. I'm also a totally blind. I did completed my metric. I have N5 of something, but still, I'm still at home. Even now, when I'm speaking now, I'm at home. I did apply it. I was in Pretoria last year. I did apply it. Maybe I went to two or three um, interview. <laughs> you won't believe.
1: You won't believe. They were always telling me that, but we don't have resources. We don't have resources. I don't even know
3: what kind of resources they were talking about. Good morning, Oliver Itzanele in Deben. The The people living with a disability are being used as an object because in those companies the gentleman is talking about who are rejecting the people living with disability if you go if you can go to their profile you will find out that the people living with disability are represented there so but they doing the opposite thank you
0: Thank you so much for those voice notes. I'm taking your calls on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two, and you can also send me a WhatsApp voice note on zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. I know you said twenty six universities in South Africa. Less than half of them have disability units.
1: Yes. Then almost six of them have disability representations in the SRC. Six of them have actually disability policies. Uh, and in the terms that I've mentioned, you'll find one institution that is full supporting um, employees of the university, taking care of each and every need for persons with disabilities. For instance, one of the previously disadvantaged University of limpopo But just go to Northwest University.
2: You,
1: you will find one person representing disability being given just a one small office with a small room with six computers. Now, tell me if if, if, if that is a provision of equal opportunities. Go to colleges. Nice example again. Go to the embedded college. Each and every blind person uh, is is being given a one course, marketing, so that as a person with disability, Should become a blog bot of marketing in companies. Obviously, you will not get any job. Go to certain universities, like the one I went to, University of Vendor, Forthead. Look at the infrastructure there. I mean, even when Deputy Minister Butima went there during COVID, he was taken to particular buildings. Remember during the I fall, if, 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 if I can take it back, one residence for persons with disabilities in GUT, if, if not UK, was well, on fire with persons with disabilities inside. And, and, and they were rescued by other students. Why? Because of the facilities were not well enough. And, and, and let me tell you what happened. Go to as many buildings in universities you will find them having stairs which are not marked with one lift, with no rents. Uh-huh. No rent. Then you tell me, we have low shedding. Let's take during low shady, one building caught fire. Oh my God, I wish this, this does not happen. If one building caught fire with people in wheelchairs inside, what do you think is going to happen? We have a government we do not care, we've got employees we do not care. We've got vice chancellors who victimize persons with disabilities for raising a voice. we suddenly become one Lazarus who sit under the table, what everyone is eating, and each time we try to speak. We get kicked under the table so that we can keep quiet. And, and the failure of the head, let me tell you this, Oliver, because this makes me angry to the core. The head itself has a varsity community led by a woman who I've interacted for some time, mm. with another woman called Ceci Patricia Machadovan, a good woman, a mother to me, whom I can call at any time. But each time when I raise this to say, when last you say to these universities, they can't even give me an answer. What do you know ab- ab- about these universities? They don't even know why, because of they don't visit these universities. They don't know what is happening to these universities. What pains me, uh starting from last week up until today, you had uh, a on your show. Sachinah had Doctor Blaine the Monday. Stephen had smiling today in the Monday. No one. I mean, it it it, it, it was yesterday um, morning for evening. No one even asked anything. About disability, you've got persons with disabilities who are in varsity right now. They will receive their assistive device on November. By mm-hmm. the time they receive those devices, they've already saved eighty percent of their qualification. Some universities are going to buy buy devices on May. You are already halfway, and 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 the most painful part is that for me to know and understand that problem, because of in my primary and high school, I used break. A laptop becomes a new species for me when I arrive in the hmm. city. In an institution wherein I'm not trained, you you should expect me to start my first year. On my second year, because of in my first year, I'm still acclimatizing to the unfavorable condition, students who do not understand me lecturers who are, are seeing a blind person for the first time, and gadgets which are migratives in November.
0: Yeah. I want us to pause there and take a quick break. Arnold says <laughs> people with disabilities are reduced to plumports in marketing departments. That was actually hilarious. Give us a call. Uh, 86 There's an important conversation that I want us to wrap up with as a final theme. Arnold says we have enough laws and policies. We don't need more. Uh, magic says there's a white paper on inclusive education. I want us to ask the question h- how do we integrate all of these different pieces of legislatures? And is it even necessary to do that, or is it an attitudinal change that needs to take place first? But before we do any of that, let's take a quick break. SAFM talking point,
3: morning, Oliver. <laughs> uh, I've been there, a, vic- a victim of this uh, rejection. Because of my blindness, uh, I've applied many times for for job opportunities, and I decided uh, to stop applying and now focus on my experience because I have experience in construction and uh, started a construction company. The Department of Public Works uh, was um, well, uh, in 2021 decided to give a training to. To small SMMEs, and I I applied as encouraged in the advert, but I was rejected just because I'm blind. Um, I was called. Uh, yeah, obviously, I stated that I'm blind, but when I was called, um, but when I, when I arrived in the, in the building, like in everyone else, to to write the assessment test, no, I was denied. Told that no. Uh, because of health and safety issues, I cannot be accommodated and they even are uh, rejected. The, um, the advice, the suggestions that I've given as an assistive device to me. Uh, they didn't, the, the guy from the public works decided not to listen to me at all. I'm Dimisani in Eastern Cape Indwe.
0: Thank you so much for your voice note, Misani really, really do appreciate it. Magic, I want to bring you back here. Before we went to the break, <coughs> Adol said, well, he made the point earlier that we have enough legislation and policy. What we need is implementation. Do we, do we have enough legislation and policy? And if so, what are those pieces of legislations and policies that you think are important? Do you think there may be a need for us to consolidate them and integrate them into a single framework uh, that will be all-encompassing, uh, but that will be implementable as well. And what do you think the barrier to implementation has been? Is it just attitudes?
1: Uh, Oliver, as you have indicated, uh, I- I- I've read also a statement from the Minister of Women, Youth and Persons with Disabilities that they are waiting for a Disability Act for to actually compel employers and everyone to start uh, obeying and uh avoid uh, discriminating people with disabilities. I think it's a very silly excuse. You know, from as far back as when our constitution came into effect in 1996, chapter two, which is the Bill of rights, includes people with disabilities. Following that, we have uh, the IMDS, which is the Integrated National Disability Strategy, which was uh, strategically placed at, at the pre- uh, Deputy President's uh, office at the time it was tabunged. Then, in 2015, we had uh, this white paper on, in, uh, uh, white paper on the rights of persons with disability, which was responding to the UN Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities, where South Africa is a as well as on its optional protocol. So it's just an excuse because there are clear indications. When it comes to learnerships, uh, any learnership, uh, 4%, according to the National Skills Development Strategy, must be persons with disabilities. But yeah. that, does, that doesn't mean that people with disabilities from, should run from one learnership to another. 7% employment of people with disabilities. And as the was saying, 5% of any procurement should go to enterprises owned and managed by people with disabilities. So this is a matter of implementation and it's an excuse, but the fish rot from its head. So can I ask, stated,
0: is there any data and research out that gives us an indication of how many of those, uh, you know, percentages that you mentioned have been met. Is Are we meeting those those
1: those targets? We are not meeting at all. In all of those targets, it's less than 1% uh, because implementation remains a problem. I mean, if you see the president uh, uh, was in the summit last year on the 8th of December, they still make him to sit on a wheelchair. I don't know for what. And the FEE is being advised by... There is a 40-member team, which is the presidential working group on persons with disabilities. I don't know what are they advising him because uh, obviously nothing was mentioned about disability in his recent sauna, which was just uh, the day before yesterday. I wonder what is he going to say now that he will be speaking at 2 o'clock about yeah. disability and people with disabilities. But in 2019, strangely enough, you know, blind SA, uh, uh, through Jason uh, who is the CEO, they responded to the 2019 uh, Sona uh, speech where they indicated what blind people need in South Africa. And the whole sector was not even happy because uh, uh, the president didn't mention disability or people with disabilities. What are they going to do? Like he has mentioned, he was specific about youth. He was specific about women. Yeah. So these are the challenges that we, we continue to face as a
0: sector. Yeah. Thank you so much for that, Magic. We're going to have to leave it there. Really, really do appreciate your contributions. Magic Ngwashi, a human rights activist for people with persons with disabilities, as well as Arnold Matebula, a regular caller, uh, who, who made sure that we make this a priority conversation. Like I said, it's part of a series of conversation next week, on the same day, by the way, next week, Thursday. Today is Thursday, right? Next week, Thursday. We'll talk to the government. We'll hear why are they, you know, lazy at implementing what is existing policy? Why are we performing underperforming with targets that are already uh gazetted? Thank you so much for that. Really, really do appreciate it. We've got an important conversation on the other side of Africa unlocked. Uh, US China relations. What impact does it have on Africa and South Africa in particular? It's eleven o'clock. Let's take your final bulletin with Luanda Maume.